As I was lying in the bed last night preparing to sleep, I was counting all the activities that I was going to, uh, to accomplish today. Some people count sheep. I count the to-dos that I am going to, to do. Unfortunately, none of those have been accomplished because my body did not get the memo when I woke up this morning. My right side decided to hurt in a manner that I've just never felt before. I could barely make it to the restroom. You can't really plan things when this happens now, right? And I'm also waiting because for some reason, my insurance, uh, the doctor called in my prescription, but to the wrong pharmacy, and that's okay. We got that straight. But then the insurance now doesn't... uh, won't let it go through because of another medication that I've had, that I've had for years. So I'm having to wait for that to get figured out. So it's just another issue that is common in the life of this illness. Now, I had a dream last night, and I really cannot remember the last time I had a dream that I remembered. And it hit me. It was like, a dream that I actually, when I woke up, I mean, I remembered it in full detail. I was a little shaky, just like I was in my dream. And I think it's because of doing these podcasts, it takes me back to my radio days. And I start missing it a little bit. And that's why this podcast is so important to me. But I also think that I had a dream about this because in the middle of counting my to-dos that I was going to to-do, I was remembering a show that I used to watch called Dirt. And it was Courtney Cox. It was the only other thing that I liked her in besides Friends, really. Cougar Town, I tried, but it got old after a while. But she was a tabloid publisher. And they would go digging up dirt hence the name, on celebrities. And her best paparazzi had schizophrenia, and so he would hallucinate. And when he hallucinated, one of the times, his dead girlfriend had given birth to a litter of kittens. And (laughs) quality television. But it's the stuff that I kind of like. It's escape. You know, it's a dumb show. It had no premise. I mean, come on. The dead girlfriend gave birth to a litter of kittens. But it wasn't reality. It wasn't the news. It wasn't something that I had to pay close attention to. It was just nonsense. And that's kind of what it was like in the world of radio. So in my dream, my former boss was there my mentor, disc jockeys from, you know, that I thought the world of, I thought so much of, you know, Dick Clark, Wolfman Jack, Casey Kasem, they were all there. And I was getting ready to interview them. I was shaking, but this was my big break. I couldn't wait to do my job. That's all I had been wanting to do since I was 11 years old. And again, I feel like 
all of these stories are starting to come back into my head and that's why it was probably embedded in my mind and I had this dream and then of of course thinking about you know how many how many kittens did she have in the letter and so I had (laughs) a lot of people in my dream I was giving birth to my radio career who knows but I was in a male-dominated field and there was like I don't know, I was maybe one of 10 women in the Norfolk market. And I was like, I was one of three that was in morning radio. And that was the coveted time spot, morning radio. And I was considered, because I was in talk radio, I wasn't a disc jockey. I mean, I was, as far as I was concerned, just a disc jockey. But they called us broadcasters because we reported the news. And we had a show for four hours. You know, we we didn't just go, that was Tom Petty, up next, ELO which I would love to do right now. I'd give anything just to be able to go and and do breaks like that. But we did talk radio. We talk about politics, traffic. One of my favorite episodes, and they told me it wouldn't work, but all I did was ask, do you brush your teeth in the shower? The phone lines lit up. And we had to stop taking calls because we ran out of time. I thought of of radio as theater of the mind, you know, an escape, an escape for people. You know, you're sitting in traffic, you, you're having a bum day, you don't want to have to think. So something as silly as, do I brush my teeth in the shower, gets a good response. You're not having to take sides, you're not having to argue as yes and no and why I don't. You wouldn't believe some of the responses. So that's one reason for this podcast. We need an escape. We need to kind of not have to think about this illness all the time because we do. If we move the wrong way, something pops out. If we, you know, just so many things. I don't need to go down the list. You know, you know what we have to deal with, right? So I was really sad when I lost my job and you know the day I was fired nobody told me I was fired I just could tell that things weren't right when I was leaving the station everybody around me knew that's how you know in radio you're going when things are eerie around the station right so I knew something wasn't right I wasn't fired until the Monday but on the way home it was a Saturday I ran out of gas for the first time. It was a tax-free weekend in Virginia. So my husband and I got a great deal on a television. And I was trying to look on the positive. But on Monday, I got the call from Bob Sinclair. I got told that I was being let go. I was being offered a severance. And I had an NDA that I had to sign. And when he called and he would stutter... You knew that was a problem. He didn't stutter because he had an affliction or he had a problem. It was whenever he had to do something he was uncomfortable uncomfortable with doing. And when he knew it was wrong. And when he started the call, I knew it was going bad because it was just like the day he pulled me off the air. I was filling in for my coworker, my mentor, whose name I do not care to ever mention. He was crude, he was rude, 
He was a drunkard. I mean, he was an idiot savant, honestly. But he was an incredible voice talent. He himself had told me the hardest part of the Vietnam War for him was not getting gonorrhea from the whorehouses. He never once saw enemy lines. He never left the whorehouses. But those are his words. But he didn't, he didn't get drafted. He enlisted. So, you know, he had his moments. And he created a ambiance in the station, at the station, that, uh, well, I, I endured a, a lot of sexual harassment. And I accepted it, which I regret now that I didn't have the wherewithal to not do. And it wasn't until my husband, Chris, came into my life that I started realizing, you know, I don't need to be disrespected. And one day, Chris overheard this comment that was said to me, and he drove away and went and sat in front of this man's house and waited for him to come home. And he told him, if you ever talk to Christy like that again, you'll be doing your show through a wired jaw. I was never disrespected again. And I started standing up for myself. And that was real nice. I loved, you know, I knew from that point on that I was having this man's baby and I was never going to be disrespected again. So one night, my coworker gets arrested, drunk, in front of his very own house. Now, I had a friend at the sheriff's department, and so he filled me in. And my question is, how belligerent do you have to be to get arrested in front of your very own home. I mean, they took him to jail. They didn't let him go back in his house. They took him to jail. So I went into the station knowing this information. But I went on about my day because I wasn't his keeper. It wasn't my job <laughs> to, to worry about it. I just need to make sure, make sure the show continued. So I went in, and the late, great Don Wayne was there, and he read the news, I mean, like melted butter. When he just talked, it just was smooth. He could tell you you were dying, and you'd accept it with a smile on your face because he just had this golden voice. He just was incredible. And I grew up listening to him, and it was an honor to be in the booth with him. And he said, I read the news, Christy. I can't do this for four hours. So I thought, this is my moment. <laughs> I got on the air. We laughed. We told jokes. Dumb jokes, but we told jokes. We did the, the you brush your teeth in the shower bit. We gave out the news. We were just in sync, having an incredible time. Then at 9 o'clock, the phone rang. Now, the lines were lit up to go on the air. So the phone that was ringing was the red phone or bat phone. The phone that rings when you've done something wrong phone. I answer the phone and it was Bob Sinclair. And he's going up, up, uh, Christy, I, I, uh, we're we're going we're doing record we're we're going to record it we're 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 going to record it shows you've done nothing wrong but but you you need you're we're we're going to put on a recorded segment now and i just had to accept it 
that was what I needed to do. Now, this man comes from a radio family. He was given these five stations. Um, and I was pretty much told, you know, he was the problem child of the family, you know. Um, and he just was given five stations and people's lives to tinker with. And I just had to accept that I was being pulled off the air. And, and that's okay. You know, it's par for the course. They say that you've never made it in radio until you've been fired. So I looked at it as my comeuppance, that it, it was earned. Now I'll be ready for my next break. So then that Saturday, Bob fires the host of the Saturday morning shows at 5.52 a.m. And the shows start at 6. He throws me in the booth. He says, Christy, go ahead. You, you take care of the show. And my first one was buy, sell, or trade. And that's where people would call in. I called it the yard sale of the airwaves. And I love doing that show. It was, oh, I'm hearing something. It's a car alarm. Somebody's car alarm. And it's not a wee. It's a wee, wee, wee. It's, it's like a sound that only dogs can hear. Maybe I'm the only one hearing it. <laughs> I think it just went off. That was interesting. I go in and I do my show. I do the buy, sell, or trade, and I was nervous. I was shaking, but it was a thrill for me because people were calling in, and people were loving that I was on the air, but it wasn't because it was me. It was because there was a female doing the job that only men were doing. That, that's all. I mean, they would have done that for any female that had been there. That's how few women were on the air at the time. So I do the shows. I interview people. I got to interview pest control people, uh, heating and cooling people, and, you know, just people, you know, financial people. That That's how I, I, I learned and cut my teeth, you know, to interview people was by doing these shows. And it can get monotonous when you're on your fifth heating and cooling company. I mean, how many times <laughs> do you come up with something exciting to say? So... The next Saturday, I'm excited because I am now the host of Saturday Morning Radio. I've got six hours that I am on the air. I'm close to getting to that. You know, I was already on Monday through Friday, but I was a co-host. So I was so close to getting that fill-in position on weekdays. I was so excited. So I get ready to go on the air, and Bob pulls me. And sends in Kenny Johnson. He's a man that's been there at the station for years and never was just a full-time disc jockey. He teetered and did stuff back and forth. But they put him on in place of me. So we started getting some complaint calls. And about the second hour in, it was time for Bales Pest Control to come in. And Keith Bales, the late Keith Bales, came in and he said, why is she not in there? Now, he is an advertiser. So, with the radio stations, the advertiser's always right. So, you get the advertisers on your side, you're in good standing. But at this point, you know, I was taking harassment. I was doing everything I could, just, you know, working seven days a week because I wanted to be on the air so badly, I, I just accepted everything that was thrown at me with a smile on my face. But Keith Bales refused to go in and do his show unless I interviewed him. 
So that man is the one I credit with starting my radio career. And for all your pest control needs, Bell's Pest Control, they're in Newport News, Virginia. So if you're in their service area, give them a call. I think it's 757-244-7881. That's it. I think that's it. 757-244-7881. It was Bell's in, bugs out. So yeah, that was, that was a, oh, that was, oh, I forgot all about that. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, Keith Bell's. Because of him standing up for me, my career took off. Because my husband, who wasn't my husband at the time, stood up for me, I was no longer disrespected at the radio station. That was a big deal. And I am mad at myself because I didn't feel that way about myself when I was younger. And, you know, on the weekdays, when my partner would take off, I wasn't allowed to fill in. They'd bring in a co-host. And I I would become the co-host, but they would be the host. So they would bring in a new person. And it was a man. So he would have been, you know, a a disc jockey at another one of our other stations and they would pull him in to do the morning show and then he would go do his midday shift at the country station across the hall. We were five stations all in one office area. And I would have to take a back seat to that person. And it was very frustrating. But that's how I lived my life. So when I lost this job, I was, I was busted up. I, I was bitter, probably still a little bit bitter. <laughs> I couldn't listen to radio for a long time because I would critique the breaks. Ah, oh, they didn't do that right. They didn't say the time. They didn't ID the station. You know, and my husband would get tired of me critiquing every break because I really believed there was a methodology to doing radio and to doing it properly because seven seconds is a long time when you don't have anything to say. The alarm goes off. And and that's true. When when, When there's dead air for seven seconds, the alarm goes off and station ID, something pops in because you can't have dead air. There's you know, FCC regulations and things like that. So you need to keep talking. And because my illness had taken its toll and I had just had my shoulder replacement surgery and I had a uh, a three-year-old child and, you know, I couldn't fight to get back into radio. I had the opportunities, but it wasn't worth the pay cut to leave my child and my family. So I dedicated myself to my family. And I tried to think that I was not bitter about losing my job, that I was grateful to be with my family. And then this illness comes in. And you lose your abilities. You lose your independence. The ability to walk and talk really affected me a lot when I think about it. Yeah. 
Can you imagine me not being able to talk as much as you've heard me talk? Not to be able to talk. So when I got into Facebook, I found an outlet. But I wanted so badly to just talk. Well, now it's gotten to the point that my hands don't work as well. It hurts to hold my phone. Writing for any length of time is difficult. My hands ache. They don't feel just right. And that's another ability that I'm fighting not to lose. So the one thing that I can do and that I've been able to do is this podcast. Now again, I wish that I had fought for myself when I was in radio and I didn't have other people stand up for me, but you live and learn. And things might not be going the way that you had planned for your life right now, but that's okay. You need to stay strong and believe that you will find that outlet that you need that medication that actually works, an exercise, to end all exercises, you know? Don't let your life be ruled by this illness. It's so much easier said than done. I know that. But I thought my life was over so many times, over simple things. When Red Lobster let me go, (laughs) I could no longer lift the trays because of my shoulder. And those are heavy trays. And that is a job for the youth. It is not a job for a 53-year-old woman. The trays are heavy. The drinks are gargantuous. I got moved up to bartender, but I couldn't do the ice anymore. Oh, man, I do miss that because we had the this Slurpee-like margarita machine and you'd pour a bottle of tequila in one side and the mix in the other. And, oh, that was always in my cup when I worked a shift. Now maybe I'm finding out why I lost that Red Lobster top. <laughs> oh, goodness me. But, no, I lost the Red Lobster job and thought, oh, What's going to happen to me now? Because I made good money. I made better money than I did at the Jiggle Bars, you know. And that was a family restaurant. What was I going to do? But it took me jumping in and saying, screw it. I'm going to do radio. And I did it. And then this illness comes into play. So I felt like everything was over. Then this illness hits me even harder. And my new job of taking care of my family is disrupted and now they're taking care of me. I am so thankful that I figured out how to operate this phone to do a podcast. (laughs) Because I would be going stark raving mad crazy. My husband was he knew he knew I needed this outlet he knew I needed something and he was working on it and he created a show called go listen to AWOL Zebra and started figured out how to do it on on anchor it was for free 
And he's like, go listen to my wife. She's got stories to tell. And he started doing it. And I said, well, gosh, I need to figure this out so I can, I can do a podcast. So he pushed me <laughs> and, and showed me how I could, you know, put a podcast out. And I'm so grateful that he did because I feel like I have an opportunity to share the only way I know how and truly the optimal way right now because Facebook is not my forte. Typing and writing is not easy for me. And this I could do all day. (laughs) So you will too find your outlet. Don't just listen to what the doctors say. Don't accept it as it has to be that way. Know and believe in yourself. Sometimes I have to look back and it it always helps when somebody reminds me, you weren't walking and talking two years ago. No, you might not be walking down the hill to get your mail, but you're walking to the restroom. You're able to drive now. You're able to do a podcast. I'm able to do what Bob Sinclair wouldn't let me do. And I'm doing it on my own terms. Now, granted, I've got a little bump in the road, this little H-E-D-S, but I will manage. And you will too. This is my medicine. Find your medicine. I don't know. I mean, what is it you like to do? What is something that you didn't think you could ever do? And now maybe you can learn it because you're stuck in bed all day or or, or something. You know, I, I'm trying to think here. You know, what is it? Hey, start a podcast. <laughs> I've got that commercial. <laughs> you know, you have a story to tell? Or, or, or message me. Share your story with me. I'd love for you to share it here on AWOL Zebra. So on that note, I am going to start doing my AWOL Zebra agenda for the day. Number one, crossed off. That's do the podcast. Number two is to shower. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day.